0: battle continues. Two BBC interviews with the Shadow Chancellor and the Shadow Health Secretary as they point out the faults in the government. But have they provided a plan? I'm Tushan Pires and this is the Tushan Paris Show. Let's start the episode off with the World Brief. So we start in Kazakhstan, where... There were large, violent protests as fuel prices soared. Their president, who runs an autocratic government, failed to diminish the violent clashes and welcomed their neighbour Russia with open arms to aid in the quote-unquote peacekeeping efforts. If we move over to North Korea, uh, they have launched another hypersonic missile. Of course, we would have to report that because their nuclear capacity keeps seems to grow all the time. If we move over to land down under, Novak Djokovic, a person unlikely to end up on political headlines, has. Um, He caused unrest within Australia as he was exempted from the strict vaccination requirements in Australia. If you weren't already aware, for anyone who wants to enter Australia, they need to have proof of vaccination. Uh, He has not had his vaccine, but he still managed to arrive, unvaccinated, to defend his title in the upcoming uh, Australian Open. It's the tense competition. So now his lawyers are trying to find a way out of this mess, saying that, well, he was exempted because he had COVID. Really what you should do is respect the law of the country that you're going into. If that law is that you should have a vaccine, you should go and get the vaccine if you want to, if you care that much about your title. If we move over the Pacific to Canada, where their government has plans to repair its damaged child welfare system by paying forty by using forty billion Canadian dollars um to repair the system and also compensate indigenous people who were harmed by the system. And Its neighbour, the United States, marks a year since the January 6th Siege of the Capitol building. Uh, This is when, well, 2021, January 6th, where a mob, supposedly spurred on by Donald Trump, attacked and entered the Capitol building, one of the most, supposedly the most safe haven, one of the most safe havens of modern democracy. Today, I shall be exposing one of the biggest flaws in the Labour Party by analysing an interview with West Reading Labour's Shadow Health Secretary on the BBC podcast *Political Thinking* with Nick Robinson. <laughs> right, so let's let's start off this analysis by listening to an excerpt from the interview with West Street
1: it's interesting isn't it how we come full circles conservative governments come in ratchet up the waiting lists, and Labor governments have to sort them out and you're right that's exactly where we'll we'll end up having to be I think there are three things at the forefront of my mind in terms of bringing down waiting lists first is dealing with the central workforce challenge we went into the NHS uh, pandemic sorry into the pandemic with the NHS with a hundred thousand staffing vacancies, one hundred twelve thousand in social care. So, without a workforce strategy, you don't have a plan for the NHS.
0: All right. So that was Buster Sings, who is Labour's shadow health secretary. So he's right. I I looked at some data from uh, on from the internet, and in the time bit uh, from two thousand eight to Two thousand and eleven, which is when the Conservative government was first voted in David Cameron in 2011, uh, the, the the NHS waiting list had gone down. And now, obviously, they've come up. This is why it's such a big issue. There are 5.8 million people in uh, in, in the NHS waiting list. Right, so, yes, that's the first thing. Now, the second thing is, yes, fine, there are vacancies in the NHS and their social care. Right. and but the big thing missing is how but I, I know Labour's job in the government or I shouldn't say government in the House of Commons is to hold the government to account uh, in Sir Keith Thomas' own words so I guess this is what this is but they have no plan the, the, there is a big question for the Labour Party and that's so right so Boris Johnson or the, 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 his government haven't done something right? and Labour says okay look you haven't done this and then says so this is a problem so how do we go about solving it that, that's my question how do we go about solving it uh, and they, they can't provide an answer most of the time no, no one knows what Keir Starmer wants, I mean Boris Johnson has said it himself, plan beats no plan they don't have a plan all right so we'll get back to the interview uh, to hear the two other things on West Streeting's mind on how to tackle the NHS waiting list.
1: The second thing we've got to do is sort out social care. There are, I think in November there were 400, over 400,000 cases where people were able to be discharged from hospital into the community but couldn't because the care home wouldn't take them or the community settings and the support wasn't there. So you've got to deal with delayed discharges. And the third is, uh, in terms of the private sector capacity, as the last Labour government showed, using the private sector to bring down NHS waiting lists is effective, it's popular with patients, but it comes at a cost. So no doubt the government will turn to the private sector, no doubt the next Labour government may have to use private sector capacity to bring down NHS waiting lists. And I won't shirk that for a minute to get people better health outcomes, but I will be pretty furious at the costs involved because it shouldn't be the case that because Tory government's run down the NHS, we have to spend more taxpayers' money than would be necessary in the private sector.
0: Okay, so that was the two other points or two other things that was on the Shadow Health Secretary's mind. So the second of them, uh, sorry, well, the second point was that there are patients who well, no longer patients really, because as he said, they can be discharged from hospital four hundred thousand uh in, in November over four hundred thousand in November. right so this is the first stage he's now pointed out the problem uh and he he's he said hasn't said how he's going to solve that uh we'll, we'll we'll go to the to to the end of this clip. Uh, and how he, uh, he projects his ambitions for being a health secretary should Labour win the next election. And he keeps his post, office, of course. And so, th- again, there's no plan. I, I, but, I mean, the third thing he says, I guess you could sort of say it's a plan, but it's not a new idea. It's not a a Labour idea, such using the private sector. Right, the... I mean, I'm sure part of leftist ideology is to to nationalize everything, to nationalize energy, gas, transportation, healthcare. Well, that's what we really have, and it, it it's a it was a good idea because it, it's free healthcare. But of course, the private sector does offer... private healthcare offers, at a higher quality as. Um, uh, he himself has said, but obviously they they're using something which is that they wouldn't usually use, uh, to, to to do this, and he said that he wouldn't use taxpayers' money in a nationalized effort. He'd use he'd use it to 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 fund the private sector. He said he'd be furious about it, but. He's, he His only plan, his only idea is is to to, to use the private sector. That That's his only idea. There's, there's no other alternative. That's a bit odd, if you ask me. A bit contradictory to leftist ideology, to Labour's ideology, Labour's identity. To use the private sector to solve national problems. Okay, so we skip forward a little bit in the clip to where uh, West Streeting talks about his approach to the private health uh, uh, system. So let's th- hear from him.
1: The same. Uh, and my approach to private health is the same as private education and private schools. I don't like it. I don't like the fact that people have to pay for what they see to be a better experience. Uh, but I'm also pragmatic enough, and so my head kicks in over my heart to say, well, we're not going to abolish private schools and we're not going to abolish private health. You'd spend a huge amount of time, money and and legal battles trying to do something that doesn't actually make anyone's experience better. My ambition as health secretary will be to make the NHS so good that people don't have to go private.
0: Wait, so so that, that's all I have from... Mr. Streeting uh, about this NHS waiting list, but but uh, let's dissect that a little bit. So, first of all, he said that his view on private healthcare is similar to that of his view of private education, uh, private schools. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. And I, I'm not surprised whatsoever. The Le- Labour haven't been particularly fond of private schools, but I mean, he says he's not going to abolish private schools. But previous leaders, I.E. Jeremy Corbyn, wanted uh, to abolish private schools. I mean, I mean Angela Brener would go to some extent saying that private schools should be heavily taxed. I, I mean, in a in a Facebook uh, message, in a Facebook post on, I uh, this was some time ago, 26th of September 2021, just last year, private schools shouldn't get a tax break. Labour will tax private schools and spend the money on helping the kids that need it. Okay. Uh, it, <laughs> fine. Uh, well, we'll, we'll get to the problems of that. Uh, and she, she's also posted uh, the front page of the Sunday Mirror. And it says, Keir, I will tax... Private schools to help poorer kids. $1.7 a year towards children's recovery plan. Starmer hails a return of party for working people. So, the problem with taxing private schools is, when you tax them, what do you think happens to the school fees? They're going to go up. Now, if they go up, that means that less people are going to be able to afford them, so they Become even more exclusive. I think something that Libby doesn't want. And then they, so they, it becomes less inclusive. And then, so obviously that means a lot of people who are in the private system have to go to the state system. And then we have an overflow of kids. We have loads of people in in one classroom because we have this automatic surge. Oh, kids! Because their parents cannot afford to go private, because of the, the school fees have gone too high, and they come to state classrooms. And the, of course, this the state class, the the state school. That this is really what's they, they're trying to improve the system. Uh, this is what's trying to happen, uh, and that, that's what they're trying to do with one point seven billion pounds. And the their chief executive of the Independent Schools Council says that this money cannot even be raised by taxing the 1,300 fee-paying schools that exist in the UK. And so we, we can see how the public really thinks of this. I mean, if you look at Jeremy Corbyn, who tried to, or in his manifesto, uh, promised to remove the charitable status from private schools, well, we all know how that turned out for him, it was a pretty embarrassing defeat uh, in the 2019 election. But it seems like was going along the same lines. He says, Labour wants every parent to be able to send their child to a great state school by improving them to benefit everyone costs money. That's why we can't justify continued charitable status for private schools. So, is it abolishment of private schools? It's a bit vague here, to be honest. But I mean, this this will do more harm because obviously, when more people coming to state schools, then you need larger capacity. Schools need more capacity. Therefore, we're stretching the budget even more. That we're stretching. Sorry, we're not stretching the budget. We're stretching the the need for more money, even more. And then you know, taxes will go up and it 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 will fall into a loop because you know as more and more people move into the state school system, the capacity needs to increase, therefore we need more money to facilitate these needs it's going to be a spiral this is the problem with charitable uh, with removing charitable status from private schools and you know some private schools run you know they they help. Other schools, primary schools in the in the community, I know, uh, my school does as well, and uh, I I don't really don't know what's good about like taxing private schools will do. But back to the matter at hand, uh, yeah, I mean. If, you, you don't like it but you're going to have to use it and and it's good that we had private health care and we, it's good that we have private schools so and his last statement i want to his ambition is to make sure that the nhs is so good that no one no one goes turns to private health care i mean good luck i i i wish you good luck i hope that that would happen i mean it's free but Come up with a plan first, make sure that plan is, you know, viable to this country, and then you can you can do it by any means that you want. So there was another interview with the shadow chancellor Rachel Reeves, and this was on the BBC again, and this is on the question of energy, energy policy. And this is one of the rare occasions where we're going to see some sort of a plan to the problem that she quite rightly says has been going on for some time, and it's it look doesn't look very good um from you know from for the last year and it it doesn't look like it's going to get any better if things continue the way that they've been going, so here she is on the BBC.
2: Well, the Institute for Fiscal Studies and the Resolution Foundation are pointing to some pretty staggering numbers for the hit on working people, £1,200 worse off uh, a year, and the increase in gas and electricity prices is a big part of that, uh, potentially going up by as much as £700 in April. And the problem is, is that so much of this has been caused by more than a decade now of dither and delay on energy policy by the government. Of course, there is a global spike in prices, but the UK are uniquely exposed because of a failure to properly insulate our homes, a failure to get on with the investment in nuclear in hydrogen and in renewables, a decision, a crazy decision to get rid of our gas storage Uh, facilities and a failure to regulate the market properly and that's why Labour are setting out a package of measures today to help people with their bills now but also to properly reform this market so never again are we in this position and one of those measures is as you have already spoken of dropping the five percent VAT on fuel bills a blunt tool as the Prime Minister says Well, the prime minister, of course, was the biggest advocate of cutting VAT on uh, gas and electricity bills when he was campaigning in the European uh, referendum. I want to cut that VAT on gas and electricity bills because um, it will save people a hundred pounds a year on their bills. And we know that pensioners, for example, who have to stay in more, who need their homes more uh, heated more warmly, uh, for for families who are already struggling with a cost of living crisis, spend a higher proportion of their Absolutely. And then there's on no d- those, those bills and so this is a practical thing that government could do right now to help people through this difficult
0: it d- So, so that, that's the end of the clip So I guess these measures they could work, they could not they could, they could get through the house of commons they, they could not, Somewhat obviously they was not in power right now But what this shows... I mean, we we see a contrast with this interview and the last interview. So, this interview, Rachel Reeves has some idea of what to do. But the Shadow Health Secretary didn't have any idea uh, of of what to do. So, I mean, this kind of shows the dysfunction. the, The disjointed nature of the Labour Party. They some some departments know what they're doing, some don't. And then we have a leader who tops it off who's not really leading. I mean he can he's very very good at pointing out the mistakes of the government. Is he very good at providing solutions? Not really. So I uh, w we'll, we'll we'll cover this uh more uh, as as twenty twenty two progresses. Um, but it's very interesting because obviously what we see is a, a disjointed Labour Party, but that's not to mention that obviously the government has faults as well, There, there is a record high inflation, record high um, NHS waiting list, record high gas prices, they're hitting all the records for the wrong reasons, uh, unfortunately. Um. so obviously we looked forward to looking to for that to improve and with that said I'm going to wrap it up here I'm Dushan Pierce on The Dushan Pierce Show have a good day